0: 2.59
1: a.m. February 6th, I wake up in a haze to a message from one of my friends and colleagues of my Miwi Sierra program in southern Turkey. He says we are safe now, habibis, out of the home and trying to stay warm. The earthquake was very traumatic and caused a lot of damage in Gaziantep and other cities. I'm confused. I don't understand what's going on. It's now 3 a.m. We interrupt the regularly scheduled narratives inundating your senses to bring you this. The understory. I'm Mosin Wahideen. We're happy you're here. By joining us now you're creating a space in your day to put curiosity above fear and perspectives above conclusions. What you see about the people around you and perhaps what you see about yourself is only what's on the surface, the overstory. We invite you to discover the deeper perspectives and narratives fighting for the light, the understory. Because it's the stories you tell yourself about yourself that shapes how you treat yourself. And how you treat yourself shapes how you engage with the people and planet around you. Massive 7.8 earthquake, epicenter Gaziantep, Turkey. Aftershocks 6.1, 6.5. 200 people feared dead. Earthquake felt across into northwest Syria. Earthquake felt in Lebanon. More news updates are coming in my notifications. Earthquake felt in Lebanon, Syria, Jordan. Aftershocks continue to cause buildings to collapse in the middle of the night. At 7.52, they said it will happen again and again. We don't have any food and shelter now. Everyone is still in the street, he says. But we have our neighbors with us. 8.37 a.m., I text him, I'm checking with aid agency and humanitarian workers that I know in the region to see if there are any shelter zones with which you can get food or blankets near you. He texts back. It's happening again now. He was referring to another earthquake. This is very strong, he says, referring to the ground shaking. Shit, I say. He sends me an audio text this time.
2: Salaam habibi. Thank you so much again. Yeah, it's happening every while and then uh, it's happening now. By the way, um, so we we heard that there is shelter near us, but we went there and it was really like terrifying because uh, it looks not safe at all. Doesn't look safe at all. So. Um, we are back uh, near the stadium uh, with our friends and uh, we have uh, water. We have some snacks uh, but we are still waiting for like for the government to, to tell us what to do, where to go, you know. but uh, basically we will sleep outside today.
1: Me and my colleague Jacqueline are frantically making phone calls, sending Instagram messages, WhatsApp messages to our volunteers and community members from our Miwi team who are based in Ghazi and Tebkhalis, Rehanli and Orfa, which are near the epicenter of the earthquake. We're slowly getting in touch with some of our team to make sure that they're alive and that they're okay. Some we can't get in touch with.
2: We will sleep one well day in Ankara and then we will go to Istanbul tomorrow. It was really terrible three days of sleeping in the... Uh, in the car with the family, it, we were struggling to finding food, water, and, and to heat the car normally because there is no fuel. It was really terrible in Gaziantep, but compared to other areas like Shanluurfa and uh, Antakya,
1: It's now been several days since several earthquakes struck Gaziantep in southern Turkey where a lot of my team who have been leading Miwi Syria Have been going through the rubble, sleeping in cars, sleeping in mosques, trying to understand what just happened. Many of them are Syrian refugees. Many of them have lost loved ones. Many of them can't go back into their homes. All of them are already survivors of war. Now they're survivors of a natural disaster. What started out as a death toll of 200 is now passing 30,000. In another special episode of the understory called Dispatches from Turkey and Syria, We want you to hear messages and perspectives from the people that have just endured this horrible tragedy in Turkey and in Syria, particularly people that I work with from our May Syria program, which has been operating there for the last seven years. In addition to understanding the context of the tragedy that our brothers and sisters are enduring in Turkey and in Syria, we also want you to hear and to understand and to feel the resilience and the hope and the strength that they're showing us and showing the world. In these perspectives is knowledge for us in their voices and in their hearts and in their hope for a better world and in their fight for survival, are lessons in our own fight for survival. Where there is togetherness, there is hope for transcending the darkness.
2: I think um, right now everyone is thinking about uh, what to do, what's the next step. So um, uh, I, I would I would say just you know to check on them every every uh, every day and inshallah everything will be okay and ahlam i have uh, i've heard from ahlam she's she's good uh, she's alive and uh, yeah i will let you know what we'll do
1: and it goes on like this for several days audio messages social media check-ins to see who's alive how are people surviving and what do people need who are still in Ghazi and or in the surrounding area Another friend and colleague posts something on social media from Antep. He says, I survived from the earthquake, but I'm not yet okay. I'm unable to make decisions or to link logic with emotions. I'm always nervous or I have a fickle mood. Any tiny interaction leaves me tired. I read this with empathy and concern, I totally understand anyone that's been through something traumatic or survived something or has endured something over a long period of time that has been stressful or alarming or fearful knows that when you're absorbing uncertainty and fear and the world just goes on normally, it's a very frustrating, confusing thing because inside, nothing inside of you is normal. Everything is screaming, yet the world outside of you is moving on. And you're expected to act completely normal when the world outside of you is not normal and is completely broken. Um, It's a really unfair, insane position to be in. Um, I write back to my friend and colleague um, in Turkey who just survived the earthquake after reading his message. Um, I write back, I text back, it's normal and okay, Habibi. You are having a normal reaction to a really fucked up and not normal situation. You're doing great, and there's nothing wrong with you. It's the world that makes no sense. He clicks back with a heart emoji and says, Thank you, man. We have been facilitating system one and two of the brain and the heart stories from the Miwi program, linking them with our breaths. Now we're much needed to all these exercises, he says. He's referring to some of the MIWI Syria storytelling exercises we've been together leading over these last seven years inside southern Turkey for Syrian refugees. One of the concepts of this is that uh, there's a framework of understanding the brain, that there's a fast system to the brain and a slower system to our brains. And it's often said by neuroscientists that the first priority of the brain is our survival which is good, it's what keeps us alive. But when we're living under constant threats to our survival, sometimes the brain is overactive in thinking it's constantly under threat, even when we're not. And the slower system of our brain, which is associated with critical thinking and emotion regulation and processing things and understanding what's what, um, that tends to get diminished over time when we're dealing with chronic uncertainty. So sometimes the survival mode of the brain the fast part of the brain is inaccurate, um, and it kind of colonizes the slower systems of the brain associated with regulating emotions, processing things, perspective taking, and things like that. Um, So what my friend and colleague in Turkey is talking about is using some of those tools of understanding and going back to to that knowledge of this is how my brain is Understanding what has just happened to me and that is why I'm feeling this way. Just knowing that my internal communication of how my brain and body are communicating with each other uh, is why I'm feeling this way. Just that knowledge of understanding that communication between the brain and body helps us to better process and understand and be more compassionate with ourselves when we're dealing with a situation of sudden change or uncertainty or fear or trauma um awareness and knowledge is creates more space for compassion and perspective and understanding and then through that um, we can begin to heal um, over time obviously um, which I found to be very interesting um, that there some of some of our team are going back to some of those tools um, and over time we need to scale those obviously for brothers and sisters that are suffering uh, and we'll be processing this tragedy for years to come I receive another audio text update as I keep checking in with some of my team uh, in Turkey and who are dispersed in other parts of the world as well. They too are desperately trying to check in with their family members, their parents, their children, their nieces, their nephews, their loved ones. Here's another message I get.
0: I am good or maybe trying to be good and fine. Uh, My family survived from the earthquake, thanks God they are safe but i can't say that they are okay i discovered something new happened to them during the earthquake or the days after uh they spent two days two nights sleeping in the car because of the aftershocks i mean it's supposed to be safe they were telling me that they are. They were looking at the sailing, and they they are uh, afraid that the building will fall down, and something will happen to them. I mean, it has been terrifying. I mean. There's no words explaining what's happened, how did they feel when the earthquake hit. Uh, every time I talk to them, they try to tell me what happened and how. They felt about it, but they, they cannot express exactly how do they feel about it and how scary it was i don't know don't know i couldn't even sleep well during the night every time i hear the notification and message coming to my phone i feel like that i have to open the phone and i have to to look at the message and see if there is anything happened Uh anxiety you know and uh, stress all the time but now they are okay I mean they are safe at least uh, in Istanbul waiting for the aftershocks to at least uh, get down because it turned out that there there will be aftershocks for maybe weeks or months. We don't know.
1: Another friend and colleague from Army Miwisir community posts on social media, My family is still facing racism and they have to deal with many racists even during those difficult times in Turkey. Hashtag Syria, hashtag Turkey, hashtag no racism, hashtag earthquake. Um, and this is something that has been affecting minority communities, vulnerable communities, um, not just in Turkey, but around the world. Um, before, Well before this earthquake, well before even the pandemic, um, there has been a rising tide of the weaponization of language and words and communication around the world in the last several years, which has given to rising incidents of bullying, discrimination, politicization of issues of migration and refugees, um, rising inequality, increasing incidences of violence, um, even in the United States as well, it's not just in Turkey, increasing incidents of racism and discrimination and violence against vulnerable and minority communities. Um, But to hear this from a friend and colleague who is a Syrian refugee in Turkey after the earthquake, That even the aid and humanitarian system is politicized, um, is quite disheartening, Um, and you don't have to go that far back. I mean, even with the crisis in Ukraine and what communities are dealing with in Ukraine, but how the humanitarian system responded to Ukrainian refugees versus how they responded to refugees from, um, you know, East African countries to how refugees responded to. Uh, communities in Southeast Asia and Afghanistan and communities in the Middle East is very different. Um, And that has to be called out as well. It's now been one year since the devastating earthquakes took over 50,000 lives and displaced millions of people in Turkey and in Syria. At MeWe International, we did our best to mobilize over $20,000 in emergency aid funds. What we ended up doing was reaching back out to Uh, our teams, our Syrian refugee-led teams, uh, near the epicenter of the earthquake in southern Turkey. Um, And once we were able to get some emergency aid for some of our team to get uh, temporary shelter, transportation support, food stipends, um, we then gave out micro grants to our Syrian community facilitators, who are themselves survivors of the earthquake, because what they wanted to do was to show up for their neighbors, their community, um, their family, their friends. Um, And we distributed more than four micro-grants where Syrian survivors of the earthquake in southern Turkey uh, brought communities together and led spaces in open fields and in tents and in um, safe rooms where uh, children and parents could participate in creative tools and practices for their own mental health, psychosocial support, uh, and well-being. Um, And our Syrian heroes in southern Turkey reached over 390 Uh, people and earthquake survivors through their leadership and efforts um, which is pretty inspiring and incredible and a year later we continue to remember all the people that we lost, all the spaces that we lost but we also hold close and and hold true the survivors and the leadership and uh, the resilience that they continue to show us and it's in our remembrance that we can find lessons and hope um, and hold each other up we rise together in this world of constant change and chronic uncertainty where the tectonic plates holding us are constantly eroding and destroying but also uplifting and rising it's the words and the stories and remembrances and messages that's all we have um, and if we don't use these things uh, in a healthy way if we don't use these things in a careful way, uh, we will be further fragmenting our collective humanity to which we all equally belong. So a year on, I hope we remember and continue to remember the people of Syria and in Turkey who endured um, these historic earthquakes a year ago, and uh, may we be better prepared to support them and aid them. Families and children who survived continue to need tools and support that are non-clinical accessible tools for them to reclaim agency of um, their mind and their heart and their health. And uh, we must not forget and we must not stop uh, trying our best to support them. The Understory is a production of MeWe International, a global nonprofit using communication and storytelling to advance the health, agency, and representation of the underrepresented. It's hosted by me, Mosin Mohideen, the founder of MeWe International, and produced by Angela Messina. To support, sponsor, or partner with us on making this podcast, visit meweintl.org. That's M-E-W-E-I-N-T-L lorg Until next time, be gentle with yourself and one another, And remember that words and narratives are living things. Choose them wisely.